0: Welcome to Your New Life Blend, I'm Shoshana Hecht, and I'm so delighted to be joined today by award-winning singer, songwriter, actress, entrepreneur, and activist, Melinda Hale. I have long admired Melinda for her wide-ranging career and commitment to social justice across a broad array of crucial issues. She has won a laundry list of awards as a vocalist, songwriter, and entertainer, has appeared in stage productions of Once on this Island, Dreamgirls, and Bye Bye Birdie, as well as numerous national commercials, independent and Hallmark TV movies, and is the founder of JMV Entertainment, a live entertainment company based in L.A. But it's the latter title, activist, how Melinda uses her voice to advocate for marginalized groups that likely had the algorithm pull our orbits together. And I was instantly hooked on her unwavering messages of empathy and i have been following her for years now. I appreciate how she routinely connects the dots across social justice issues, including female empowerment, LGBTQ plus rights, veganism, the Black Lives Matter movement, anti-Semitism and progressive Christianity, as well as her advocacy work around voting rights, climate change and world hunger. She's also a pianist, choreographer, children's book author and illustrator, op-ed writer, DEI workshop leader, keynote speaker and podcast host. I'm so excited to speak with her about all the things she does, and what she sees for herself and us all going into 2024. Welcome to the show, Melinda. Thank you so much. What a great
1: intro. I
0: appreciate
1: it. Honored to be here.
0: Just the tip of the iceberg. Like, could have written so much more. And it really is so great to have you here at Your New Life Blend. It's building our lives with intention. You've clearly created a life filled with so many creative challenges. I would love to hear about what you consider your North Star in crafting this unique Career path. Thank
1: you for the question, today. and it's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to do this podcast because I'm very aligned with what you talk about and and what you do and what your message is. And again, that is really how I live my life with very specific mm-hmm. intention. Empathy has always been kind of, I guess, that would be my north star has been what informs me in everything that I do in order to be able to advocate for other people and advocate for so many things. I think when you figure out how to have empathy and having it with integrity, it just changes the way you you view the world and how you go through life. And I'm always working towards just how can I be the best person that I I can be? And I think we get a new chance every day to do that. And I think we get, you know, world events. I'm a very spiritual person. And I believe that God puts us in positions that are very similar to the past. We always talk about history repeats itself. It's like, okay, how are we going to do something different this time? This feels very similar. So anytime there is unrest in the world or unrest in the country, I look and see like, how are we going to respond differently? How are we going to show up for each other? How are we going to have empathy? So that's just kind of how I've decided to move through the world. And I'm hoping as I grow and my presence and social media is, is such a big thing now that I'm able to make some sort of an impact to get people to think about it in that way. So I, I would say empathy is probably the pinpointed North Star for me.
0: Every day is a new day, every hour, every minute, like it doesn't have to be Jan 1. January 1 does Not have to be, I mean, I'm a coach, right? So I find that when people set themselves up for this big, audacious, like, I'm going to do all the things starting on Jan one. And then by January 13th, they're like, oh, well, I guess this year's a wash. I'm always astounded by that. So I am a firm believer that we can always start over. And I, of course, love empathy as the driver. So it's just speaking at the start of the new year, how are you using, I mean, so empathy is the North Star. What's, what is your sort of overarching, you know, coming out of 2023? It was just such a bruising year for artists, writers with the strikes. For actors, it's funny because
1: even though I felt like I wasn't doing anything for months when i wrote my end of the year recap my husband was like i don't even remember you doing half of these things i was like i don't either but i always i try to focus on positive and celebrate the win so anytime i do something that i'm proud of i just write it in a little i have a note that i keep throughout the year of like just positive things that i accomplished it could be big things could be small things whatever it is and then i look at it at the end of the year we used to do this box where we would put notes in it but we just stopped doing that so we do like a little message note and so when i opened it i was like oh my gosh, I had a great year. And so honestly, this month, I'm not really doing anything. I love it. I'm just kind of taking a pause before I just go back and hit the ground running and, you know, spending more time with my daughter and with my husband and my mom and my dad who live like half a mile down the street from us. So it's really been focusing on connecting and family. Like I haven't even posted anything on social media this first week of the year. And it's been great because again, as you said, you know, everyone's so like January 1st, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, January 1st, I'm going to sleep in. I just need a pause. And I I want to make sure that I, one, don't burn myself out at the start of the year and that I really figure out how to pace myself so that I can accomplish the most and can do all that I want to do by the end of the year. So that's kind of how I've started my year off. And I highly recommend it to anybody to just take a pause and focus and then hit the ground running.
0: Melinda, you're speaking my language because I feel like there's this point we hit in November where it's like, let's circle back after the holiday season start. You know what I mean? Like those emails start coming back. And then aren't we meant to enjoy the holidays? And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be back at it. The, what you said hit the ground running. And it makes no sense to me. And a few people in my circle are talking about this like gentle January idea, which I think is...
1: I love that title.
0: It's not my idea, but I had already planned like a slow start. And I think what you're saying, it makes so much sense. And really, it's just how do we put ourselves at the center so that we can do all the things, which is probably how you did accomplish all those things. I was blown away by your end of year wrap up. It's amazing. Just sticking with this a little bit longer. Like, what do you see ahead for us all in 2024?
1: I mean, obviously, it's an election year, which like done, done, done. It's hard to say what I see. I can definitely tell you what I hope. I hope that we learn something. I always hope that every year, but you know, sometimes we fail at that. I hope that we listen to each other more. I hope that we take into account that our votes do matter and the decisions that we make do affect more than just us. Whenever I vote, I try to think, I do think, how does this affect me? But I also think on the grand scale, who does this affect more? And again, I'm the type of person that I would rather vote for a person or a measure or a proposition or whatever the case may be that will positively affect more people. Even if it may not positively affect me, right? Because I think in the long run, if you have more people in your society and your nation that are thriving, then the results kind of speak for themselves. But if more people are suffering under things because of something that you voted for that positively affects you, like how does that make for unity? How does that make for a positive societal environment? So I hope people, and again, that goes back to the empathy for me, putting myself in other people's shoes. Okay, how would this feel? So I really hope people will take those things into consideration. Um, Will they? I don't know. I just hope that that that's what people will think as we go into this year, because we do have a lot of big decisions to make. I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm not going to act like I'm, oh, this is going to (laughs) be great. I think it's going to be really tough. And I think... Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of uh, disagreements, there's going to be a lot of non-civil discourse, and it's going to be a tough year. But my biggest thing is I want people to be slow to react and just listen first. I think we're very much so in an impulsive culture right now. And people react to headlines and don't read the articles. People react to, you know, 90 second TikToks and then don't look at context. It's Damaging, it really is, and it's and it's damaging our relationships. It's damaging our ability to consume real knowledge and facts, and it's affecting just how we interact with each other. So, yeah, those those that's just kind of how I'm looking at the next year, and I I hope to be more of a person that people can look to to give a measured response and a measured opinion about something and also push people to these are the sources that I read if you want something that's a little more bipartisan or just gives you the facts because I'm very much like I just want the facts and then I'll figure it out from there I hope people start going in that direction
0: there's so many
1: I dropped a lot I know
0: (laughs) So good, though. It's so necessary. I'm trying to remember where I read this or heard this. Somebody said, like, we're not even getting links anymore. We're not even getting the opportunity to click through to read further, more deeply what the piece is actually saying beyond the headline. We're getting served screenshots. It's like hitting this enragement piece. And I find it, you know, alarming and troubling and fuels the reactivity. There's a thing that happens. You have your automatic reaction trigger to it. And then the dominoes Right? Old patterns, old habits, old stories, beliefs, narratives, and without questioning, and doesn't get into our responsiveness, which I think is really what I hear you saying. Like, how do we get out of reactivity and into thoughtful, critically thought out responsiveness?
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, critical thinking, I feel like, isn't really encouraged these days for some reason. And also, I mean, it, by and large, it is, I think some of it is laziness. I think, you know, it is easier to look at someone you trust than. They screenshot a headline, they have a very kind of a visceral reaction to it. And you're like, well, I trust them. So I'm just going to have the same reaction rather than actually looking for the article and reading it myself. And I think that's one, a blessing and a curse for people that are influencers because you're proving you actually have influence, right? And so you. You, how are you using that influence? Are we using it for good? Or are you just using it to get the likes and get the reaction out of people and then galvanize them to just do whatever? I think you can find that for everything. And I just think it's how we use it is the issue. I personally have found so many positive aspects of the Instagram world, the TikTok world in terms of connection. I mean, meeting you and, and being on this podcast, you know, things like that and being able to share my thoughts and my views on things and having people message me and thank me for just sharing my yeah you were one of them and just just sharing you know my compassion in that way instead of trying to get people to just be angry about something but just wanting people to think so again it's just how we use it as we move forward that I think it's important for people to remember but really just critically think and take the time if you want to know something you're never too old to learn and to be educated and humble yourself if you're wrong it's really to me it's very simple.
0: One of the things that was sort of like an awareness that I came to was like, Oh, I don't actually have to be more enraged about the things I'm enraged on. I don't that's what I was finding is I'd go into the whatever app and I'd be like, Yes, that's enraging But what occurred to me as I was like had a really bad cold and just was lying over the holidays. Thinking about my relationship with social media, how I wanted to engage with it differently, I was thinking, I don't need to be angrier about the things I'm upset about. So how do I use it as a tool for me and also for actual information? And I think that's really an important piece of what you're saying. And it really reinforces like how I want to be engaging with it going forward. You have a huge performing entertainment career. I think it's bread and butter. And you use your platform for this educating activism, spreading messages of empathy and your podcast, which I believe you've just sunsetted, which I want to talk about. I want to talk about that choice too next. But how do you discern how to use your voice, right? Like these, these platforms are for uplifting businesses and like what we're trying to do. And you have, I think, very clearly made a choice. I feel like you use it almost as much or more for this the activism side. Of- oh,
1: for sure. I definitely use it more for that. I didn't decide that. Again, as I mentioned before, I'm a very spiritual person and I feel like I go wherever God needs me and wherever my voice is needed. And my singing voice isn't going to go away. My my acting talent's not going to go away. I take classes, whatever. That's the case, right? And and I'll find work and I'll get work and that that will always be the case. But I don't think I need to just be another singer-actress on social media. There, there's plenty of them and they're great great. great. And that's what they do. And that's where they're needed. And that's what their voice is needed for in those spaces. I work enough outside of social media that I don't need to use social media. And also my goal was never to be Beyonce. I've always loved singing. I've done enough. I've made a living off of it. And it's been great. And I have my company that I'm able to give opportunities to other people. But when I started actually making a shift in the music that I was writing and doing, it started to become more about social justice. And then I was talking about what I was writing that became more into just talking about social justice. And then I would say things that people just really resonated with. And I was like, okay, I I think this is just where my voice is needed in this moment. And I don't take that lightly. I don't take it for granted. And I know that there's a responsibility when you start to have a following on social media and people look to you. There's a lot of pressure, but I feel like if anyone's gonna be a a good representative of that type of stuff, I feel like I was a good kind of quote unquote chosen one. You know, like I have a good head on my shoulders, especially great parents, but specifically my mom, just the values that she instills and how she is, I'm, I'm really just an extension of her. And I think that's just where my voice is needed. And I kind of had that realization a couple of years ago when I really started speaking out more that, okay, I'm saying things that for some reason people are saying that nobody else is saying, and that's weird to me, but okay, so let me just keep going with this. And the amount of people that have said, you put into words what I haven't been able to, or you express that clearly, or that's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you for expressing. Like It's been just kind of astronomical, the response. And I'm just going to keep going with that. And I'm very, very appreciative that I've been blessed with those oratory skills to be able to express things in a way that do get people to think, do get people to resonate, and that people are thankful for when they're not able to put in the words, I, I feel like I'm able to be a vessel in that way. So I'm I'm very grateful for that gift.
0: It, it links back to exactly what you're saying about reactivity, right? How quick we are to react, and I think that's one of the things that actually really keeps drawing me. I mean, whenever you have a new thing, I always like stop. Listen, you slow it all down and take it to thinking like, how do we get thoughtful here and connect dots? I think that's why you're getting all the feedback in part. It's the message, but it's also the approach approach I talk sometimes in my coaching about like the bigger yes like every yes is a no right every yes is an automatic no so are you going to make your yeses count right so if you say yes to some job or some gig or plans to a front or doing something that you don't really want to do what is it a no to it's no to time with your beloved no to time with your child no to time for yourself right and on it's fill in the blank it sounds like you are driven by and maybe it's and maybe it is a the but, but I don't, but there's probably more there, like this bigger yes, and you maybe tap into that body, like you spiritual person. How does it show up?
1: It's hard to answer though, because I definitely feel like I f- just feel it in my body. I think that that's a good way to to word it to start because I don't really think about it in that sense so much. But now that you're bringing it up, I'm like, huh, how do I like make these decisions and how do I decide? But I think it is just a feeling. I think there's also, you know, for example, there's, there's different things that happen in the world where I'm like, my voice doesn't need it to be added to this. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. A lot of people think their voices need to be added to every single situation at any given time without even knowing what the situation is. And I'm not the type of person that feels I need to add my voice to everything. I'll add my voice to things that I care about things that I've consistently talked about, things that affect me, things that affect my loved ones, things, you know, just just causes that I'm naturally a part of, but I don't add my voice to everything, and I think that I have that inner voice saying like, you're not needed here right now. Go do something else. I'm like, okay, cool. And it's no sweat off my back. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to miss out on the engagement. So many people are focused on that nowadays. Like, oh, this is a trending topic. I need to say something so that I can get my voice in the algorithm. I don't care enough. I just don't. Obviously, everybody wants to be recognized or are known for the thing that they do and make a living off of what they enjoy. But I think that whatever's meant for me is meant for me. And whatever's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. For example, when I... Made the first video that I made in regards to what happened on October 7th, I kid you not. I woke up at seven in the morning and I was like, I should say something because I've been, uh, you know, very much so an advocate against anti-Semitism and supporting Jewish people. Majority of my Jewish community was there for me during Black Lives Matter, and it was. It's. It's just been this really lovely allyship that I've had in my personal circles. I know that that's not the same for everybody, but that it was for me. Got up at seven o'clock. I was literally about to just go build a Lego house with my daughter. It was the. Quick video and I just posted it and I didn't think anything of it. Maybe like a couple hours later my husband's like have you seen <laughs> your videos like Everybody's boozy, and I was like, "There's no way." I literally jumped out of bed. Like I had just gotten out of bed. I didn't think I said anything that was like revolutionary, but apparently I did, and my voice was needed in that moment. So those are those moments when I'm like, "Okay, God, if I'm supposed to say something here, great. If if this is gonna make people think, great." So I just kind of go with it, and I do feel it in my body when I'm supposed to say something. When I'm not, like you said, I think that now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, there is a feeling." Yeah. So I hope that answers the question.
0: It does. I I think what you hit on there too, like that whole rubric of like, does this, I I don't have it memorized, but it's like, does this need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? Does it need to be said now? I've seen it posted like outside murals on schools, like middle schools, right? And it's like, good for all of us. But I think the other thing that happens is people feel like they need to be experts about everything, including the Middle East. Like that's complicated and complex. And I think there is something about when, like, I think what you did on October 7th was you just showed up with like compassion without all those layers. Right. And it was just like a simple message of compassion. And that's it was needed. And it wasn't trying to be a geopolitical statement,
1: which also made me kind of sad because I also realized how rare it was. Which was shocking to me.
0: Yes. So me too.
1: Yeah. And, th- and I think that that's what affected me the most was like, oh, this is weird to people, the compassion and empathy for a specific community. Like, okay, that's, that's bizarre. And I've, I've obviously seen a lot of it, but that, that was what struck me the most was that it was a rare thing.
0: You're riding in a, a unique lane in that way with your platform. And I think it's really powerful. I mean, it's powerful for me. So just the, there's just the knowing, and we just touched on this, like you had a, podcast, We Need to Talk. You just sunsetted it after a pretty like seven seasons. Curious about the decision, like as much as you say yes to a lot and you say no, you end things. And so those choices are very your new life blend. So I'm curious about how you knew. For sure. So
1: just even the background of the podcast, I actually started it as a live panel series at the church that I was attending. And I brought in experts to talk about different social justice initiatives and social justice topics because I went to a progressive church and I felt we should be involved in these kind of conversations. And people really loved that series. And I was like, I'll turn this into a podcast. Yeah, so I did. And it was great. And it was successful for four years. And I probably talked to people that I have no idea why they ended up saying yes, because <laughs> I was just like, who am I? Right. But after seven seasons, and I mean, you know, nearly 200 guests, I was like, I'm just ready to, to try something else and do something else and did my bucket list guest list, you know, and, and that was what's kind of cool and such a blessing. And I was very grateful for the conversations that I had and the person that I ended up being and how I grew and I know so many people grew and even my guests thanked me for the conversations that we had. And I just felt like, let me stop at a high and not let it dip and kind of fall off. And so in general, people shouldn't be afraid to just stop something and try something new life is short I, I do so many things and I feel like I have been blessed with a lot of skills to do so many things and I just like to explore different aspects of my life and see what else I can do I mean I even took a pause of doing music for a while to focus on the podcast and focus on activism and then then I focused on just being a mom for a little bit and and I and I think that that's okay I think we're in this environment in this culture where they make you think you your condition to think that you can't take a break or you have to keep going or you have to keep making contact and you're going to miss out. No, again, whatever's meant for you will come to you when when the time is right. And I, I think that the years that I had with the podcast were great. I don't think that we need to talk as an entity is necessarily over. I just think it's right now, this season of my life, I needed to just take a break and focus on other things. Very much so loving. Now we're getting back into auditioning and since the strikes are over, it's an, you know, the new year i'm you know going to be going back into that again like i said spending time with my family focusing on the children's book i just finished so there's just so much that i want to do and explore before my time on earth is done and then i just now is the time to move on yeah
0: plus the op-ed that just got published in the daily beast
1: which was so awesome <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is it is amazing i i want to just before anything you want to say about that i also wanted to say there is something really powerful about endings being healthy. Like it's okay. There's reasons and seasons, and I think sometimes I have clients do accomplishment inventories for the same thing, where it's just like every week, what are the wins? Because you know we we tend to focus on what's gone wrong. I think that's really a powerful tool that you already are doing, and how you had that whole end of year incredible and you couldn't possibly have remembered without your list, without your inventory of all your wins. So I think that's <laughs> I think that's something really powerful about that, like just like. How does leaning into the feeling of like what's really feeling like a physical embodied powerful yes, and also knowing like it is not a failing or a failure to say this chapter has closed. And I think, I think you use
1: the right word, healthy.
0: It is, and you know, some things there's just a pause, or a, or it's a forever, or it's a new iteration, and I think that's that's cool and important, really important. Anything you want to say about the op-ed?
1: It was just on my heart to write it as, and I wrote it a couple months ago, knowing that we were going into to an election year. And again, my faith informs everything that I do. And I really just try to be a loving, caring, compassionate human being. And I do put that under the label of being a progressive Christian. And I have been that way my entire life. And so I personally have been frustrated seeing that the Christian label now kind of being, you know, villainized with good reason, because a lot of people that describe themselves as Christians aren't really doing anything that is Christlike. That's what the op-ed was really birthed from. And I just want to, again, if this is what you align yourself with, how are your actions reflecting that? I did get some good feedback. I haven't gotten any bad feedback yet, so that's that's a good sign. It was really written from my heart, and I was honored that they decided to publish it. Yeah, that's really powerful.
0: We'll link to it in the show notes for sure. Anything else you want to talk about about, you know, the year ahead, North Star of Designing Your Life...
1: I would just encourage people, as I said, just every day, try to be the best version of you that you can be. I think that that's really what we have to try to do. How you interact with people, how you treat people, how you treat yourself. I think we always forget about that too. Because, you know, that old phrase, hurt people hurt people. So if you're not healed and you're not in a good place, you're going to project that onto other people and then that's going to spiral and then everything's a mess. So I hope people wake up every day how can I do my best? How can I treat myself the best? How can I treat others the best? And at the end of the day, when you reflect, and if that was it, if that's it, if that's your last day, like, do you feel like good? I want to go to bed every night feeling like, okay, if for some reason I didn't wake up tomorrow, I did everything I could. And I, I, I used compassion and I used love and, and I treated people with kindness.
0: Beautiful. And I want like all my high achiever listeners to know that sometimes your best is just really resting and taking care of yourself. Right. hundred percent. I've already had those pings from clients like I have COVID. I want to keep pushing forward. And I'm like, your job is your health.
1: Right. I think the best way to describe it. I saw this uh, quote the other day it was like, if you only have 40 percent and you gave 40 percent, then you gave 100 percent.
0: Thank you for saying that. That's exactly right. Melinda, thank you for being here. Tell us where we can follow you, find you.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, my website is melindahale.com, M A L Y N D A H A L E.com. And I am on Twitter and threads and Instagram and, well, X. I know it's not Twitter. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Facebook, TikTok, all of that, just at Melinda Hale. Very, very simple. So, yeah, please follow me and uh,
0: join in on the conversation. It all begins, starts with a conversation, right? Thanks for being here. I really appreciate this conversation and you so much. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And this has been your new life blend. I'm Shauna Hecht reminding you as ever to be gentle with yourself.